0: Welcome to Slumber Podcast, Massacre with TNA. That is Tim. That is Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together, we talk about a different movie from the horror genre. From your well-known classic down to that rare gem that ain't got no basketball scholarship. (laughs) At the back of your video store shelf. This week... Oh... (laughs) This week we are continuing our Evil Dice Tonight summer series where Random Chance picks our film from a list that we made. And Lady Luck has picked for us from 1989 the horror film Cutting Class. Tim, let me ask you. If a train leaves Chicago at 7 heading for Boston, it goes 50 miles an hour. How long does it take for the train to reach its destination in Boston if it's hypothetically
2: 400 miles away? I will take the F. Oh. That is... That is, well, let me ask you this, because you are I the mean, math guy. The answer's in the movie. Well, true. It's not, it's uh, two o'clock is the correct answer.
0: Well, that's the end. That's different. They don't even give you all the information you would need well, to that's solve what that I'm, at the yeah, end. Yeah, I'm like, oh, we'll get to that. No, this is an earlier <laughs> math problem. That's not really the problem. It's eight hours. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I, I mean, I know of like one one time where you left school, but sure, that we, was we a, more that. of a production. You know, that was a visible leaving school.
2: Yeah. Did you ever cut class, like sneak, sneak, not go to school? You know, I never have. And the thing is, is that here's what's what's strange, is that you would think that as time goes on in our society, that there would be like an, uh, an ever-growing force of control to limit those things from happening, but it's actually gone the opposite direction. You and I were the, the meat in the sandwich between the two slices of cutting class bread. Yeah. That is like apparently every eighties movie that you could just walk the fuck out of school. And now, and I happen to know this because I know several teachers and what what is the case now is that parents have become so vigilant about the protection of their children yeah. that you can't enforce any rules as a teacher now. Yeah. If if a girl is basically wearing a bra to school and you're a male teacher, you better not dare. <laughs> mention that to anyone because her dad is going to be like, why are you staring at my daughter's tits? And it's like, well, I, just, I don't know what the fuck to do then. Um, right. but, but that's the level that we're at where, you know, if you try to take away a student's phone, the parent will be on the phone with the office saying, give my children back their property right away, yeah. blah, blah, blah. What and if I've, I need to get a hold of them? Right, exactly, and what it's boiled down to is now I'm sure it's different from classroom to classroom, but from several teachers, I've heard that it's like the kids that aren't on their phones are going to learn something, those that are we're just going to pass through and graduate them, and they're going to just flounder through life because we don't have a choice, yeah, we can't keep up with it, yeah, um so but along with that I'm
0: recognizing that with my own daughter in high school and like. Not that she doesn't work hard at some of her classes, but like French, she took French, yeah, and she had an A in French. Okay, we oui. Uh Ben, yeah, um, and she was at you know some like Home Goods store or something with yeah. my wife, and there was a sign that said "Bon Appetit" on it, and she's like, "What is that?"
2: Oh no, nah. <laughs> I'm
0: like, oh, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> So, you know, it's like she could she did the work to pass the French class, but not like when we were in high school. Like, I remember in second year French, like in tears, taking a test because I'm like, I just it's too overwhelming. I can't keep up like if you don't keep up. But I'm like, I know my kid could not speak French right
2: <laughs> <laughs> right well that's the thing and she had got an A
0: through two years of French but the te- but I'm like she's like that teacher does not care well, and she's the only French teacher, so she's the only one setting that. Gr- I don't want to throw. I feel like no,
2: maybe I'm throwing people. No, that's fine. Here. No, I'm. I, I'm gonna. I'll join you there. I will twist in the wind with you. I don't, I don't um, bad. Here's the thing. <laughs> my daughter, one of my daughters, started taking German for whatever fucking reason at in like middle school, and so you could take it in middle school, and the the credits would count towards high school and that sort of thing. So she started taking German. And they went through. I'm not exaggerating. Five teachers in one year. Damn. In one year, to where they, I think, just went to like I don't know, like a, uh, like whoever was working the Bratwurst section in a grocery store, and were like, you know, some German, like just come here <laughs> right. and teach this class. <laughs> But it it was that bad. Like, they literally, like, that is kind of a joke, but it's like, I think they ended up just finding somebody to where they were like, my neighbor is German. Yeah. Never taught a class ever in their life, but they speak it. Yeah. Um, It got that bad. But here's the thing. So she takes those two years of German. She takes, if not four at least three years of German in high school. And then I've started, you know, I've I'll ask her like, you know, something in, in German or like, how do you say this or whatever? I took it as a freshman, got a D in it, barely passed. And I think I know more than she does. (laughs) And literally, and I'm just like, how do you, how could you, you've studied it for five years. (laughs) It's impossible that you don't know this language, but that's where we're at now, along with going back to the cutting class. I've heard this, you know, and, uh, you know, nobody's being incriminated anywhere, but I, because I've heard this from several teachers that, um, that, yeah, if if a kid just wants to get up, like they can just get up and walk out and come back. And it's kind of like, well, thank God, at least they're back. (laughs) And the thing is, nobody can say anything about it because they can't just like expel kids because you get money from graduating kids yeah. from graduating them yeah. so you don't want to lose the money and just start expelling kids left and right which you would have half the school left right so these kids are just like i just kind of wanted i want to go i just want to get out <laughs> i just want to leave um I, i'll tell a story again um they're no, just
0: really figuring out school sucks
2: right well there was there was a student who left the school came back Gave the teacher like uh, um, it was a, a gift, like a gift that they bought for. Like, hey, I just, I just felt like I wanted to go antiquing. Yeah. And they went to an antique store and they saw something that reminded them of their teacher. Yeah. And they knew that they were going to have them later in the day. Picked up a gift for him. Came back to school and was like, "Hey, I got this for you." <laughs> when? <laughs> just now. I just I left and I went shopping and I came back and this is for you that. And, and I know people are listening to this like, oh, it's not that bad. It's it's fucking bonkers. Yeah. Now, I will say this and I'm not going to dig myself a hole here because yeah. I are
0: all our evidence is anecdotal, though. Of yes, of course, is. this is not happened. Definitely at every school. But yes, I could see no. it happening. And again,
2: I know at bare minimum, probably eight teachers. And, yeah.
0: And these are, you know, extreme examples. But. Right. It, it you know, but let old me, fuddy-duddy here. It feels different.
2: But let me just say this that I know that there are teachers out there that try really fucking hard and right. I I love education. I love school. I am so thankful for the random shit that I remember. I wasn't great at following what I was asked to do. Sure. <laughs> um but I liked being there. Okay. When I was. And so um But the thing of it is, is that I think that there are some other people that got into that profession. And I'm not sure what what story they were told that, like, going to their job every day was going to be like walking into the Playboy Mansion and it just being, like, fun party time all day long. Yeah. But I literally saw a, 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 a Facebook post of a teacher who, after the first day, the first day back. It's a one word post exhausted. <laughs> and I'm just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like there are nurses working like 16 hour shifts.
0: Well, come on, though. You can be exhausted from your job and not have to. After you've been off contest. for two months. Well, yeah. Especially then, if you're not doing anything, and then all of a sudden you do a bunch of activity,
2: yeah, you're going to be fucking exhausted. I guess she was, <laughs> or they were, whoever it might be. But um, that's just bonkers. But I will tell you this, in direct answer to your question, I I guess I have legitimately skipped class, but it was more in college. <laughs> now, everybody well, does yeah, that, that, right? Is, yeah. But I, I went so far, and I, I can only say this now because... I've gotten to a point where I'm successful and, and it all worked out fine. I have a career and it's it's very secure and and uh, life is good. So uh, but I went so far as to, like, take a train for an hour and a half to go to school only to get to the school to be like, I'm not going to go today. But I was in the third largest city in the country. Right. And I just went out and educated myself. Yeah. Myself, I went to, I walked down street, to the Art the, Institute. The school of Hard Knocks. Yeah. I walked down to the Art Institute and all the Hard Knocks that lie therein, and uh, like coffee shops and Bennigan's for lunch, and so um, miss,
0: we're on Michigan Avenue, yeah, right? Exactly, yes.
2: <laughs> Just a coincidence that the school's address is also Michigan Avenue, but um, but yeah, like that makes really no, you really dove into the underbelly, took the opportunity, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, does um, anyone know about this park here? Yeah, right. So I. I would do that. Sometimes I would skip my local college as well. And then like, but this doesn't make sense. Like if you're going to, you would think that if you skip something, you just stay home. Like I want to, I want to not leave here. Right. But I would be like, no, I'm not going to go to that school. That's six minutes away. I'm going to go to that mall. That's 30 minutes away <laughs> Right. when, you know, and it, none of it makes sense. But I think that. I don't know if you're doing that, then you probably just shouldn't be in school. Right. Because obviously you just don't want to be there Uh, or maybe you do, but you just don't like, maybe it was a French test or whatever that day. And you're like, I just don't want to fucking deal with that. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I just had no discipline. Fucking man up and go deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. I I literally, I, I had no discipline, but I think that that's the thing. I think that when you're a kid that age, At least my problem was, is that I felt like life wasn't going fast enough for me. Yeah. I felt like I wanted everything to happen right now. I wanted to be at all the bars and all the parties. And the school was getting in the way of my life. (laughs) That's what that's how I perceived it. And um, so I got I just wish somebody would have been like, look, you don't have to do this for forever. Right. Just got to like have go to class and barely pass and do it for a couple of years and have a ton of fun along the way. And then you're done. Yeah. But I could not even bring myself to do that.
0: I was like decent in college until I skipped my first class. And then I was like, I don't think I'll ever go to class again. <laughs> do you remember what that first
2: class was? Yeah. It was skipped?
0: astronomy. Our friend, we had a friend, a mutual friend in it. And he was like, let's, let's go to the fucking beach today. Let's go to the dunes. And yeah. I was like, ah, no, that's okay. And he's like, there's big waves today. Let's go check it. You know, he loves
2: waves. Oh, yeah. I know that, friend.
0: Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we did that. And I was like, oh, man, I could have just been sitting in astronomy class,
2: a class I loved.
0: Yeah. But I was like, this rules. I I can keep up with it. Yeah. I can do the reading on my own. And guess what? I did not. <laughs> right. <laughs> at all. I mean, I, I still passed that class. But, yeah, after that, it was like, man. unless unless it was mandatory i probably didn't go as much as i should not that i was just like i'll never go you know never go to class again obviously is a here's uh, overstatement but
2: here's what i think should happen you should graduate high school and then you should sit down with somebody who's who doesn't even have to be that smart but they just have a basic questionnaire and If you were a kid that, like, you were involved in a bunch of activities in high school and you got pretty good grades and you're excited about your field of study that you want to get into, like, yes, you know what? You should absolutely go to college. But if you sit down and the kid is like, like you know, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, like, me and my girlfriend, you know, we're just going to take over the world. (laughs) like. Or whatever, you know, like, I'm going to be a movie star or whatever. (laughs) Like, somebody should go, stop. Stop right now and just live a shitty life for four years and do whatever bullshit you think you're going to do and get it out of your system and then go to college. Yeah. And there, I mean... I know that like there's a lot more talk now about urging people to go into trades or stuff like that. If, if a classroom setting just doesn't work for yeah. them and that's great. But I think there should also be somebody to be like, you should just like go hop trains for 10 years. <laughs> like just <laughs> go right. be an absolute fucking bum. I literally, it's funny you, that's not a random example. We actually, um, Dr. Renaud's, uh father, I don't think he'll mind my saying, um, uh, became a, one of the most prominent doctors in our city for a good a good long stretch of time, and that dude literally hopped trains. Like I think he went to college, and then he was just a fucking hobo. Yeah, for a couple of years, and then he's like, I'll go to medical school now. Damn, and and did it, and it worked. But that's a guy that knows what the fuck he should be doing, right? And um, so I'm not encouraging people to just drop out and, and be hobos, but then again, there's a I don't know, man. There's not a lot of hobo's anymore. Well, no. Like like legit like knapsack bandana on right. the stick hobo's. Yeah, just traveling the ra- riding the rails. Yeah.
0: Playing harmonica. Can you even
2: do that anymore? Not
0: really. They really have a With
2: tight hammered down on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want you doing that. Shoot. Liability. And and here's the other thing too. I bet that if you did hop a train, there wouldn't be any straw in there. No. <laughs> but there always was in the movies. Oh, yeah. You scrape it together, make just a little bed for be yourself. Corner, yeah. yeah. Sure, maybe you have a stray cat in there that becomes your pet <laughs> or whatever. That's just that's just not the way anymore. And they're all that like like trains aren't as cool as they used to be. Like most of them are those like uh, vented trailers. Yeah. So it's just like that mesh yeah. throughout. That's that's not a home. No. <laughs> that's not a home to be proud of. Um, I was terrified of cutting the idea of
0: cutting class in high school. I was like, that's insane. Sure. Like, it just felt like the easiest thing to get caught doing. How would they not know that you cut class? You know, what's your excuse? Well, because ex- my parents certainly aren't going to back me up on like, they're like, oh, uh, your son wasn't at school today. Oh, really? Oh, he probably blah, blah, blah. And then later have dealt with me. You no, know, they would have been like, he, what?
2: Right. Well, and that's the thing. Like, it, we, it, I mean, they took like a roll call. Right. A- a- attendance at every class. So right. how could you? I don't know. I, but I'll tell you this. And, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Because for all of the respect that I get as being whatever somebody might perceive me to be, I'm always willing to give credit to the people that really deserve it. And I remember there was a uh, fire drill and, uh, in the middle of high school. And there was a girl out there that I was friends with. I, she doesn't give a fuck about anything. Her name's Uh-huh. and um, she's Russian and Serbian. She just she'll fucking kill you. Um, but anyhow, I we were out in the the parking lot, and I'm like, it was you know the weather was really nice, and I'm like, hey, should we just take off and go to the beach? Joking, yeah. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, immediately terrified. Like, I can't follow through with this. Like, are you crazy? Like, but she was just like, just like this mountain of like defiance. Like, fuck yeah, I'll go to the beach. Yeah, and um, and then of course I'm like, uh, like, 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 oh, I got age. a test coming up. I should probably head back in. You know, but um, but you know, so yeah. I in in short answer to wow. your question, I was terrified. Handed on a
0: silver platter. <laughs> I, I know, no rose right 85% of our high school population would have loved to have taken.
2: Yes. And, go. um, and that, yeah, that's including Eighty-five is a yeah. very
0: low percentage too. I'm going to say 15 are just contrarian. Yeah. And
2: that's male and female altogether. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I, I think that um at the end of the day, uh, at least the way our school was structured structured, I was terrified. Um, Now I will say, the and i've talked about this before on the show when we would have finals week where you only had to be at school for your final and then you could go to like a friend's house or whatever wherever you wanted to go yes like that was
0: an amazing so liberating oh it was like which they don't do now that's the weird thing (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't make sense no because i'm like i asked my daughter i'm like oh so you know what's your final schedule and she like told it to me and i was like so do you have to go in tomorrow morning or like what? She's like, yeah, I got to go all day. I was like, oh, really? Because, yeah, our finals yeah. were like, you don't have a final. You don't have to be at school. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Your oh, like seventeen year old stoner like older, you know, like a upperclassman friend can just drive you to like school or whatever yeah. in the middle of the day. It was yeah. I mean it was We were living that movie lifestyle of like, it's the middle of the day. Who wants to go to
0: McDonald's?
2: It was fucking crazy. Or like who wants to go to somebody's parents' house and get a little high? I mean, it w- right? whatever it might be. Um but One invited me. Yeah. <laughs> But and that was I've told the story before like that's where I actually it was on one of those days that I discovered the sex pistols. So like yeah, it was it was an amazing elating feeling of freedom that we dare not attempt on a, on a normal day. yeah but um so yeah, I I think I would have loved that experience, but let's be honest with each other. There's literally no way that you could have pulled it off No because we also in addition to attendance. There was somebody else in the picture, uh, uh, the van man. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> right. The van man, Patrol as he was known, lot. <laughs> patrolling the parking lot, driving around, looking for any nefarious activity in the parking lot of which there was none <laughs> no. because of him and our <laughs> our terror of him. <laughs> um, you know, everybody was worried about the fucking van man. I mean, I forgot about him. Yeah, dude. Wow. Yeah. So um no, we were good kids in that regard. Now, I would I could get a class a pass out of class like a motherfucker. I mean, I'd I like I've said before, I would go to the librarian and say like I'm dying to do some free reading. Like they're like, "Okay, well, I'll give you a pass." Yeah. Um and um so I would get a lot of passes out of study hall. I barely went to a study hall ever. Um but <laughs> That, uh, but that's that's not quite the same. That's no. just kind of bending, not really breaking. One the time
0: I did, uh, I, I think I was in a show at the time. Maybe I was in a show. I I know we went to a, like an elementary school. I was a sophomore because I know one of the guys who drove me was a senior, and like we had to go do like a just like a small performance or something at a school. Mm-hmm. God damn, I can't not remember what it was. But either way, that part's irrelevant. When we got done, we were like, "Let's like swing through McDonald's and get you know breakfast." That's fun. We're it's on the way to school, and holy fuck, did we get read the Riot Act just for doing that? Like, really? Yeah. Like, w- you had time to stop off at McDonald's? Like, no. You go to there and you get your fucking ass back here, and it's like there's just no there is no tolerance for this. How did anyone ever skip a class?
2: Ever you just nailed that like intonation perfectly. Like I'm sitting here, like my bottom lip quivering, like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, like you
1: fuck. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Um that and that's terrible, dude. Like, my parents will even say, like, and these are my parents who you know would you would think would be looking out for the welfare of your kid. They used to think that it was so shitty that we didn't get to leave campus, I guess you would say, or leave school for lunch, because when they were in high school, like you just got to like go where I don't know where the fuck they went. I think it's probably like those 80s movies in California where you sit under a tree with your significant (laughs) other or like maybe you go across the street to the burger joint or whatever. Like that's a fucking dream for us. Yeah. I mean, that that just never, ever was the case. Now it's like lunch is so short, like you wouldn't have time to get to your car Right, and then back into class. Exactly, um, and yeah. So the only the only other thing, and I think, and we and we can move on. But the only other uh, thing yeah. has been okay. Really so need to get sorry, to this
0: movie <laughs> um, H- hilarious. We're talking about this a uh, movie
2: where cutting class doesn't really happen. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> that is an excuse because like people get murdered. You're allowed right. to go home now. Right. Um, but yeah, no. There, I think I've told this story before, real quick. <laughs> but I mean, it's it it, it will always repeat it, but the fact that there was a different fire drill that we were on and it started like thunderstorming outside Yeah, and then there was a church across the street and those of us that were at the front of the building, I don't know like if we thought it was acid rain or what, but we were freaking out like, <laughs> we cannot be out here <laughs> and literally like Braveheart, like the two armies running together to like, meet in the middle of the field of battle, we just went so... <laughs> And we were screaming. Sure, we were screaming and running from across the front yard of our <laughs> school into the church, only to bang like like two hundred kids banging on the Asylum. window to a terrified custodian, a just absolutely has never feared for their lives more. Um, like and just let us in, and we wow. just went into the church lobby. We're like, fuck. It. We collectively we were like, fuck this. Right, we're going. It was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. What was he going to do? Turn you away? Yeah. Church would never do that. Speaking of amazing things. Yeah. <laughs>
0: amazing things. Let's get into this movie, shall we? Okay. This is Cutting Class from 1989. We'll do the Wikipedia effects, and then we'll really really do a deep dive <laughs> on uh, how this movie came to be. So this is Cutting Class, 1989. It was written by Steve Slavkin. Mm-hmm. Check. Directed by Rospo Palenberg,
2: <laughs> check. Uh, stars Donovan Lech Leach. You know what? I if I Letage. cared more, I would have found out. But whatever you want yeah, on this okay. one, Leech Leech sounds good Donovan. to me. Yeah, Donovan. Uh, Jill
0: show Showelin. Well, if we're if she if it's real German, then it should be uh, Shailin. Okay, Jill Shailin and Brad Pitt. Tim, that guy, Brad Pitt. Uh, It had a budget of Rowdy McDowell and Martin Mull. (laughs) And I I don't know what the box office was. There was no financial information for this movie. Let's do Nan Sum, and then we'll get into some spoilers, and Tim will tell us all about this movie. Brian Woods has just been released from a mental asylum after being convicted of killing his father. He returns to his high school where he begins to fall for Jill Carson, But in his way stands her boyfriend, Dwight, the captain of the basketball team and a future Academy Award winner. (laughs) Dwight thinks Jill should stay away from Brian due to his history of murdering and staying in mental asylums. (laughs) Jill finds a sweeter side of Brian and tries to become his friend. But teachers and students alike begin to go missing. And when the vice principal is found dead, Brian becomes suspect number one. Brian provides some evidence to Jill showing that Dwight might be the killer. But as it turns out in a huge twist, the guy who killed his father is actually the murderer. Can Jill and Dwight keep away from Brian long enough for every teacher in the school to get an unobscured view of Jill's butthole? Or will they be permanently expelled for cutting class? I'm going to say this. We watched the trailer for this movie. Yeah. And I got excited. Excited. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I was like, whoever cut the trailer for this movie, bravo. Because you set up my expectations for a movie I didn't know existed, but hoped existed. I was like, oh, this is like a screwball sex comedy, but it is also a slasher. But it kind of appears like it knows what it is through this trailer. Absolutely. Uh, And that's not to say that this movie doesn't know what it is, but it is conveyed way better through the trailer than the actual film itself. It actually feels really out of place and jarring in the context of the film. Yes. In those moments where they know what they are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to state, I was really disappointed by this movie. It's insanely boring. I even said it was too boring to have on in the background, um, but we're going to get through it. Uh, how, what's the, what's the deets on this?
2: Well, I, just to follow <laughs> up on that too, the brothers in arms, I, I, you said it was too boring to have on in the background. I said it was too boring to have on in the background of somebody else's house. <laughs> right. Um, like it's, it's that you're bad. doing
0: your dishes and they're yeah. watching it in their house. and you're
2: just like, I, c- I cannot yeah. stay awake. You're just looking through your kitchen window and throw up in your mouth a little. Um, yeah. So here's cutting class. It was written, as you said, by that Steve Slavkin, um, who wrote to his credit one episode of Power Rangers. Hey, yeah. He is a writer, a writer writes. Yeah. You know, that's what they say. He's probably out He has ticket w- lines right now. He's written. He probably has a t-shirt that says I am a writer. Believe it or not. Um, and then you've got Rospo Pollenberg, which if you know, sometimes you say to yourself, is it fair to immediately hate somebody just based on their name? And in this case, yes, because he also wrote The Exorcist II, which is one of the well, let's call a spade a spade. It is the most disappointing trajectory from one film to the next sure. ever. Yeah. And and that's I you know, Friday the third I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Nightmare Two is gorgeous by comparison. <laughs> sure. By comparison. And um also, now I'm not sure. Rospo has another credit to his name. Oh. But I'm not sure that it's a credit that you would necessarily want or be proud of. Uh oh. <laughs> Convicted felon? Well, you could maybe say that if you were the creative consultant on deliverance. Um so, so you're the guy in the background and you say, Yeah, you know what this scene really needs? Go with me on this one. Hey Ned, let me ask you something. How are your
0: knees? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I already know how your mouth is and trust me we're going to make mention. Um but uh yes yeah, so so that's the that's the pedigree yeah that you have for this film. Um So I mean this guy was already trenched in the system. Oh yeah, right. This is this is a Hollywood film. It was made in California. Um but uh yeah, you you, off, you read off that list of actors and using that term loosely in in some regards, but I went to do the research on this and, and I'm always up to the challenge. I have found volumes of information on a kid who was 18 and made a movie for $70,000 in Florida. Yeah. And I could not find a thing, not like who came up with the idea, who ponied up the money, who did anything there is nothing there is nothing to be said about this. This is i like I said to you earlier, like I think Brad Pitt just like sent like an all staff email to Hollywood, <laughs> like hey, everybody, can we just can you do me a solid and like i don't I don't care. you do all the um cool world discussion you want. I'll take it. I deserve it. But Cutting Class, that is, you know, persona non grata. Cool world. (laughs) Cool world. Yeah. And so, so yeah, there is next to nothing about this. The best thing you can do is maybe get a DVD and find some extras. So I'm going to put this out to start. If any of our super fans out there would like to tell me who originally came up with the idea... And who made it all happen? I would be thrilled. I'll pay you five bucks. <laughs> I'll pay you money, cash wow. money. Um, Send I, I'll it in the mail. Uh, yeah, I'll pay you with. The, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll pay you the budget of this film <laughs> because you'll never have any chance of finding it. I even looked up like the the. It said like financials, and I'm like, fuck yeah, here we go. Yeah, literally nothing having <laughs> to do with financing of anything. Um, so yeah. It is an utter mystery. That makes this a very, a very special episode yeah. of Slumber Podcast Massacre. Yeah. So all we have, ironically then, is the film itself. Yeah. And that is something. So I know that we like you just said, you went into this with high expectations. Would you say that your feelings of um not necessarily caring for the film Uh did it begin immediately or was it like a steady downward like graph line of
0: um i well uh, yeah i think the hint was there early in just kind of some of the pacing of the movie itself and in some of the editing um but yeah it was you know it was i was already i was like oh this feels really choppy Right. Not as, th- th- again, the trailer made it look kind of slick almost. Maybe yeah. not the best production quality, but at least, again, like it knew what it was doing. Uh, but yeah, this, there was, you know, really kind of clunky. People aren't introduced very well. Um, And then, yeah, by about minute 16, where the first kind of sexual assault happens in this yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to laugh about it, and I was more it fe- was a very different time, uh, which is a terrible excuse to make, and I'm not excusing it, but man, it is so fucking egregious in this movie if I
2: could not come up with a better, for lack of a better word. Dude, here's the thing, and this might, this is a solid joke, but it's actually the truth. I was more offended by this <laughs> than Last House on the Left. <laughs> I'm not right. even kidding. Like this was like, you gotta be kidding. Cause it was relentless. Yeah. It was like where it, it was, it was kind of like they were at a busy restaurant and somebody was trying to tell them that when you make a slasher movie, you have to have a kill every 10 minutes. Somehow they heard like, we have to accost this young woman every 10 minutes. And um, it's that bad to where I'm like, they really can't be pushing this joke. I'm like, every teacher every, every. every teacher. Yeah. And it, it like, don't get me wrong. She is cute. And I have here written, I wrote, she's cute with a lot of views. Very cute. Um, but, but just my, the first note that I took was, um, I she's wrote
0: considered a scream queen, isn't she? She's been in a number of, uh, films. You, I you know
2: what I, yeah. She, I mean, she's done enough to where like, she's synonymous with that. Yeah. You know, she was, she was okay to do genre stuff. Um, but I wrote, because this is, you know, something that is culturally significant about this movie is that it's not like it's made in 82. It's not like it's made in 83. It's made in no, 89. 89. So I have another re-
0: factor in where I was like, this will be good.
2: Right. However, I have written here. This is a quote. It says, man, things are just a few years away from sucking so much less. Like, right. We were just a <laughs> like. Like, Reservoir Dogs is just on the other side of the wall of this. this. Yeah. What year was Reservoir Dogs? 91, 92? Yeah, 92. How could this film be made two years before Reservoir Dogs? I know, it's crazy. It is nuts, but we... You know, we were young then, so
0: time uh, feels slower. I guess. So it felt like this, like, eon from, you know, middle school to graduating high school. Yeah. But now we'll go
2: by in a fucking heart well sure and and the thing is like and yeah getting back to our lead actress here um she is cute she's got she's got a really neat haircut it's kind of like longer brunette and i love brunettes in in leads and horror because they usually you know kind of uh like um go to uh, the default setting of blondes for uh, final girls but nice brunette olive complected um it's kind of like long layered hair but it's some like what I call like prison bangs like this. She's choppy, short bangs, real cute girl. She kind of looks like a mix of um, the, uh, the girl from Friday the 13th part four and weird science. I know her last name is Aronson. I always, and I, I always call her my girlfriend. It's either Judy or Julie, uh-huh. um, but, uh, and kind of a little bit of Shannon Doherty too. Um real, real, you know, fun, fun screen presence. And the thing is for what we're talking about with this, like regular, assault on her Uh her character is written to just like brush it off like that's just like that's just the nice old man that runs the hardware store that's trying to look up my skirt like that's just you know guys boys will be boys i guess yeah and she never never like
0: uncomfortable as hell in the first in the art scene though yeah yes that is she yeah because because in the art scene she's posing and, of course, um, the first thing the guy says is, like, bend over like you're getting an apple. Now, freeze. Yeah. Gross. As he's, like, touching her back and shit. That was even worse. Just the, like, little, like, line he draws on his back with his finger. I'm, like, fucking gross. Well, that's the- late. Yeah, then later it's Roddy McDowell doing it. So, and. But. She's like, doesn't mind like he's like, what's the fucking deal with him peering over the he's like hiding behind a coat rack. Yeah. And she sees him. And in again, that was a part in the trailer. And I'm like, this looks wacky and zany. Like, wow. They got Roddy McDowell probably for some like fun part. He gets to make a few jokes. I get like I could see where that movie exists. But no, in this, he is just fucking lecherous through the whole thing and he makes one bad principal joke like those are those are the two things he does in this movie but yeah in that scene she does she's just kind of like
2: <laughs> and the sad part is Roddy McDowell bless his heart is always Roddy McDowell so like you see him as like as you're watching him do all these awful things, you're like, this is still the sweetest <laughs> guy on the fucking planet. And I hate seeing this happen. Um, like my God, the other actors that you could have picked to play that role. Other than he's like the last person you would. Yeah. Pick. I want to know how he got involved in this movie. I don't know. I think that somebody you've got a, you've got a great casting agent. Let's at least give it up for that. Um, so, and along with that, I I have a note here that says how desperate was Martin Mull? Yeah. Um. Because let me ask you this: you, you're probably a little bit more familiar with uh, with his stuff than I am. Yeah. Um. But then again, he was it was a household name. So is Martin Mull's peak? What is that like, Mister Mom? Uh,
0: that is a good question because I was. Or was uh, there
2: something else happening? Well,
0: yeah, because he. It's hard for me to say, because Martin Mull has always kind of been a name I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my dad watched a show called Fernwood Tonight. This is the only good thing that came out of this movie, was <laughs> I started watching older Fernwood Tonight clips. Fernwood Tonight was a very funny. Uh, I think it was on for like two years. It was just like a fake talk show uh, set in this little isolated town, Fernwood, Ohio. And Fred Willard is on it as his stupidest like sidekick. And I'm sure a lot of it's improv, but oh, incredible show that no one has ever heard of. I've I've mentioned that show several times to different people and have never gotten a reaction. So it was it was exciting looking it up today and being like it did exist. Okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Um. And yeah, then I watched Mr. Mom so much, so I knew him from that. And but I and I knew him from Fernwood, so I'm already making connections. Then he did Clue, which was huge. Uh, he oh was Colonel yeah. Mustard and Clue. Uh, but, yeah, then he was always just kind of this reliable. He just always started popping up in these weird supporting things like he'd done enough. But, yeah, what did he do? I saw some, you know, he did like some stage stuff. Um, was w-
2: he on a show where it was like set in a school or something like he was a, uh, a principal or something? No, I'm thinking of, you know, what thinking I'm
0: thinking of the guy of- from WKR. Yeah, 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 yeah. Johnny Fever. Class. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay,
0: so that wasn't it. He With was Dan Schneider, who would then go on to produce and probably be assault, pervy yeah. in his own ways. <laughs> right
2: yeah, right. Um, but um, but no, yeah. Martin Mull was was a guy that was like he was getting getting work. I yeah. mean, and getting work all over the place. And so, He became
0: like a bit recurring character in Roseanne. He's got a hilarious recurring character in um, uh, Arrested Development, Gene Parmesan. He's a private detective.
2: Um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. While you while I talk for a second, if you look just, that up, because, no. yeah, it's crazy. And look, there has to be there is more to this story. You don't get famed 60 singers, a 60 singer son Donovan's son <laughs> to or however you want to put that. You don't get him in the movie. You don't get Martin Mull. You don't get Roddy McDowell. Like somebody had a connection to something to make this movie this is this isn't somebody just like being an upstart and like selling plasma to make a movie like this is somebody that had a connection or connections to the industry while making this movie I I don't know why anybody would have put that
0: do you you know the show Mary Hartman Mary Hartman is it supposed to be twice yeah it is it's called Mary Hartman Mary Hartman that was the first thing he did and apparently Fernwood tonight is a spinoff of that show
2: I had well, no idea. God, yeah, we're all the way down the rabbit hole
0: now. Uh but yeah, I mean I think he just did like he was just kind of like a stage performer. He's kind of like um you know, he's like a a a Steve Martin, not of that caliber obviously, but a guy who did stage work and then was just like I'm just going to like be an actor instead.
2: Yeah. Now. Right, right. <laughs> and did that well. Well, yeah, and he kind of, he had his own personality. He had that, like, ever-present mustache. He uh, could play sort of, like, he could play a jerk. He could play sort of just, like, he was really good at being, like, aloof and maybe a little bit of, like, uh, smug um, or, like, just sort of tired but still funny.
0: Yeah. He started as a musical comedian. He actually uh, had a hit single. It peaked at number 61 in 1970. It was a country song. Uh and then yeah he did like musical comedy. And then I did I did see a clip of him doing jokes and sitting there with a guitar. Oh wow. And it was a good riff with the audience. Someone like said something to him and he's like, "What was that?" And she said it again. And he's like, "I'm glad that you said that. You know, sometimes when I go to like a Rams game, I love to run down on the field
2: and say something <laughs> to the coach, you know." And <laughs> That's great. No, it, and he was yeah, like you just the thing about him was as as from our generation as kids was that he was just one of those guys that you just bought whatever he was playing. He was that guy. Yeah. Um, just a great character actor that always was Martin Mull. <laughs> like, how do you be a character actor, but never change? Yeah. But he figured it. So out. when
0: I saw him in this trailer, again, I got to keep going back to the trailer because it was way more enjoyable in the movie. I was like, what? Because they introduce him. At the right time, like at the end of the trailer, where you're like, "Wait, Martin Mull is in this movie right. too. What is, does he do in this movie?"
2: And then he's killed early, or or you thought killed early in in what could be called like a, a Martin Mull call that he's um, <laughs> for those of you familiar familiar with deer calls. Um, never mind, I, wow. I, I I should have just scratched that one out. But anyhow, it's literally written here. You but, wrote uh, that one. Down. <laughs> oh, yes. Man. Uh, but yeah, it, but he the jokes are few and far between um, the they're, well, they're trying they're for him. trying.
0: Yeah. His gimmick, which could have worked. There's so much shit in this movie where you're like, mm, yeah, so close, so close yet. What a whiff, because, yeah, his whole gimmick is he is shot with an arrow at the beginning of this movie. He goes hunting. Yeah. And then it's he uh, keeps trying. He's not dead. Yeah, but we cut to him just a few times, and he's trying to get help. Like the first time is kind of funny. He's like, kind of laying half submerged in this pond. Yeah, and someone steps on him. Right. Uh, We find out later it's actually the guy who shot him. Oh, but uh, maybe that's why he ignored him. But you know, he's like, help, help, and you know, he can't yell for help. Then later, there's like a part where a dog comes up to him. But it's like he eats something right before and now can't
2: eat, like can't talk because of what he's eating. So there's a whole joke. I actually wrote this down, too. There is it. He pulled when he. OK, so to set the scene for the movie. And by the way, OK, this, I'm going to just pull the curtain back. Right. So when we first started doing this podcast, one thing that we were both aware of early on was that we were we had a, a sort of I won't say bad habit, but we had a habit of. Talking about some, you know, finer points of a movie, but then eventually just like basically walking people through every scene. (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, And then we're like, we can't do that. We have to sort of like stick to bigger topics and, you know, just uh, not just give people a play by play. By the way, that's exactly what this episode is going to be, because that's all there is (laughs) like just going through and picking out the nonsense. But we're going to set it up for you so you know what's happening at all times. So, yeah, the movie begins with. We don't know where the mother is. She's not in the picture. But a father who has a prominent position as an attorney, he's leaving to go, like, be a man out in the wild and do some duck hunting. And he's leaving his teenage daughter uh, to her own devices. So... He goes out, he pulls up to a bar that I swear fucking God looks exactly like the bar in Phantasm. And I even looked it up. Um, That bar is now a sushi bar, (laughs) but um, I I swear that it would be the same bar. But when he walks into the bar, I'm getting to the point here. There is that jar of pickled eggs. Yeah. And so and he kind of looks at it. Now, the joke is, which really didn't land, is that apparently he loaded up his pockets with these deviled eggs because he always has this or pickled eggs. Yeah. Because he always has like an egg to eat in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Now, the thing is. They were the eggs. That makes
0: sense. I was like, are those powdered donuts? Like, what is he? Why
2: can't he talk afterwards? What they tried to do was make a joke here. I just wrote, (laughs) is that a doctor's orders slash pickled egg joke? You know. (laughs) tried and true all the way from the days of vaudeville uh but so he goes to this bar he sees a local here's what happens we get an example of what is what uh, counts as comedy in this movie which is not really comedy it's stuff that like and i'm going to tread very lightly here because I I have close relations with some like not everybody is super cultured. Not everybody is super well read. And sometimes there are people that enjoy what might be considered like a base level of comedy. Sure. Okay. And it doesn't make them bad people. But there are sometimes the comedy can be so low that it doesn't even really count as a joke. (laughs) Right. So he's outside of this bar and there's he sees this old guy. Now, mind you, this is going to come up later. We get the impression that he has driven very far away, like to get out into nature. He's going out into the into the sticks. And we know that because a local says to him, you smell like the city. And then he picks up a worm right. and some dirt and rubs it on him. But God, we I know, barely remember this part. At we all. know later that it was it must have been fucking walking distance from the school. <laughs> right. We'll get to that. But um, anyhow, <laughs> this local says you smell like the city. And he picks up a dirt. Or picks up a worm in some dirt and rubs it on him. And he's like, now you smell like the earth. That is not a joke. No, it's not a structured joke, but it's presented as one. And then um, he says something. Uh, Martin Mall says, um, yeah, just what the doctor ordered. And then it's I really had to struggle to follow the joke. But he's like. You got to follow that sometimes because they they pan down to the worms and yeah. I'm like is he talking about the worms?
0: Well, I think it's getting out into nature cuz he has such a stressful
2: Well, I think what he's saying is doctors do, just what the doctor ordered, you got to follow that sometimes like what the doctor ordered, then then cut to a shot of him eating an egg out like an okay. like an unhealthy, which is actually not that unhealthy, but no. like so now he's just stuffed his pockets with these eggs, yeah, that's the joke, yeah. like just what the doctor ordered now i'm stuffing my face with these pickled eggs from the bar it 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 you have to if you have to work that hard to figure yeah. out the joke, it's not a good joke Man, I barely remember that part of it so all. so yes, you're right, he does get shot uh with an arrow in the chest um but yeah
0: there there are a few parts like that where he is trying to get help, but can't get help, yeah and I think that can work. If you can somehow set him up to be a bit more of a sap beforehand and he kind of goes through misery through this movie trying to get back, that can be kind of funny. But, yeah, it's just they didn't – it's like they had that idea but did not have any ideas on how to do it. Well, I know what the – And they took the four first ones they came up with.
2: I know what the big problem is in this movie. I really, really do. And I really sat and thought a lot about it. What you have here is a this is what, if you wanted an example of what the power of directing in a film is, what what place a director really has. This will show you what a directorless movie looks like. Right. And the reason why I know this for a fact is because a, number one, I'm an actor, and I know that actors are idiots. <laughs> and if they're left to their own devices, it's pure garbage. <laughs> and the reason, the the moment, it's towards the end, but when I knew I was right, was you could always tell when an actor has been given too long of a leash when he starts rhyming. <laughs> That's when you know.
0: Wait, wait, who, when's he rhymes?
2: So when, when our bad guy, Donovan, we're just yeah. going to call him Donovan, When he becomes evil, you know, like now it's the cat's out of the bag. He's evil. He begins rhyming things. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does kind of take on a whole new persona. Right. And that's the dead giveaway because that's the kind of thing that an actor would think is really cool. Right. I know this because I've done it myself. Like a child, you know, like a child's poem. Yes. Creepy. When I was in, I was 16 years old. I was in The Elephant Man. Yeah. And we've talked about this recently. Yeah. Where I played this like abusive sort of guy and the director, pu- we were rehearsing the scene. The director pulled me off the stage and he's like, you know what? This, this dialogue's kind of shit. He's like, this is just garbage. He's like, the main thing is, is that people know that you're bad. You, that you really want to get physical with these girls. So just have a little fun with it. Just make something up, you know? And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? You know, instead of just like making up what might be realistic dialogue. Yeah. I, like, you know, throw one of the women down and, like, push the other one down to her knees and, like, then, like, kind of sink down to her level and look her in the eyes and say something like, um, like uh, you know, you can try and run. You can try and fight. Do your best best and then point to the other one it's your turn tonight and like just straight fucking garbage but here's the thing there were the directors were letting it happen there were not one not two three directors of that show Two, two male one female but here's the thing and i think that this is what happened here they had in in my experience in that show i'm just just Fucking up up there. I'm I'm rhyming. Okay, this is nonsense now. But they're like, look, we got this. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We got this gorgeous 16-year-old kid up there (laughs) who is manhandling these adult women. Yeah. Let's not pretend like this isn't hot as fuck.
0: I can't say it's... uh it was a very memorable scene. I mean, I can't say that I've forgotten it. That was the full uh, thing I was going to say.
2: They're like, he's throwing her on the ground. He's licking her on the face. He's grabbing her by the throat. He's rhyming like a fucking idiot, but let's (laughs) let this shit ride. I'm sure that that's what happened and I think that my point is, is I feel like that's what happened in this movie. It feels like we've got a lot of, we've got a young cast, we've got some veterans, we've got really charismatic, beautiful looking people like let's just I, I can't go wrong. Yeah. let them let have fun with it, and it doesn't get reined in the way that, like what you said earlier. If you had taken the nuts and bolts of this movie and added like a rightman somewhere, yeah, like or anybody from from um, National Lampoons or whatever, <sighs> they could have they could have made it something. Yeah, oh, totally. And um, so because you've got a thing here, um, but but yeah, it's just completely mismanaged from the top. So you've got that and then your favorite aspect about the the 80s uh the soundtrack of this movie man there's a
0: point the uh, the song he's playing over the loudspeaker at yeah. the end and i was just like this how can anyone argue with me that the 80s didn't produce the worst music it's fine if you liked some stuff from the 80s i like some stuff from the 80s but as a whole the uh the the music that was popular was garbage <laughs> well, I'll tell you that- and, and just the the vibe of it, I guess that's more it the vibe of the music because the song he's playing, I'm like that sounds like every eighties song it sound but it sounds like it's
2: so easy to write right so the the song that you're referring to is I believe called um boys like girls, I think it's called, <laughs> and it shows you that someone hit wonders. Should stay that way.
0: Yeah. Was that a real, real song?
2: That is. Because that's a song where I could not tell. That is by Wall of Voodoo, who did Mexican radio. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So that that makes sense. Now, with Mexican radio. Now that's an interesting, unique song. They found lightning in a bottle, and it had that quirky. Like, I always speak to, like, there were for people that didn't live in it, the 80s were so strange. There yeah. was such a there was such a forward progression in the arts of like um like this this freedom to be odd and different yeah and strange and unique and um and so yeah wall of voodoo with mexican radio was this like really quirky like kind of like a late night tv ham radio weird like independent <laughs> desert vibe that yeah. it had um and uh but they should have just never made another song <sighs> Um, and yeah, it, like I, I wrote my notes here that you can literally smell the public domain because you know, in these, in these cheap movies, they are, there are bands that are trying to make it that will literally give up their music for free yeah just to be like be noticed. Movie, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and one of those was like, um, oh God, I forgive me for not knowing this. I believe it's called Tuesday week. Um, that was the band that was the girl band music in like uh Slumber Party 2. Okay, so um, that was that was just a band that was like, hey, yeah, like you can use our music for free if you make it into a movie, right? Which is actually for them a good choice because they never did anything else. (laughs) Um, but uh, but what we have here eventually now, this is where. I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick, but I'm going to leave you with a good one. Please tell me your thoughts on Donovan, as we're going to call him, whatever his last name is. Yeah. Uh, What did you think of him as an actor and his face?
0: (laughs) Well, his face is better than his acting, I guess. I I could start there. But uh, yeah, I don't want to get down on a guy's physical appearance, but I, I wasn't sure what kind of. Attitude, the movie was trying to let me know he had or or, or or I guess it did a bad job of trying to convey to me how I was supposed to feel about him, like was he mysterious? um because he seems kind of goofy. he looks goofy. he has a bad haircut uh he's got a really weak chin, so his head just looks like a like a stalk, like a leak. Uh, and he's kind of got some buck teeth you know he looks odd he looks real odd especially to be a lead in a movie and your opposite is Brad Pitt uh, who was not Brad Pitt then obviously but I mean still I mean Brad Pitt looks like Brad Pitt he looks great It's um, the beginning of Brad Pitt acting style. You can really see him trying to work out how I'm going to deliver lines for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, Which is fine. He's, you know, he's eating in here. I'm like, oh, what a Brad Pitt (laughs) thing. Uh, But yeah, then you've got Donovan who. Yeah, it was like, I I don't know if he's simple. I don't know if he's creepy. I don't know if he's cool. Um, He. Because, yeah, he, he. he has this weird ad like when he pulls up to the little like burger stand on that bike and he's smoking. Like he's smoking, but he looks like a fucking idiot. Like on that bike. <laughs> like he's not like on a little kid's bike. To where again,
2: there's a movie where that's hilarious. Right. 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 If it's a joke. Right. But this is supposed to be like our brooder. Right. Like, you know, this is our like angel from Buffy. This is our, you know, James Dean, Marlon Brando, even though they they work the James Dean angle with Brad Pitt plenty. But like this is supposed to be like our tough rebel dresses in black. Yeah. He's got a troubled past. Yeah, he's got it wears a, a black suit jacket that he rolls up the sleeves three quarters. Yeah. Like, um but here's the thing.
0: But like his the his first line Is so bland. (laughs) If I'm not wrong, his first line is the they're talking about uh, sodium and ammonia or something, and he's like, "Isn't that what they used in World War II?" Right. But like, his face doesn't change. Like, there's there's nothing like. That introduction
2: with that line should tell me something about that character, right? But it doesn't. Here's the thing. Now I'm I'm biased right off the get right off the get go. This guy looks to me this is this isn't going to mean anything to anybody else. Looks to me like somebody that I know that's a fucking piece of shit. Number one. <laughs> oh, really. Number yeah, one, like a fucking human piece of shit. So I'm gonna say oh, that, man. but do um, I know this person? Uh, not oh, not right. personally, but right. um, but Whoa. he's he's got these. Um, I- I- imagine if you will, like I I kind of compared him to the shark in uh, Finding Nemo, where it's like <laughs> these bulging eyes, but they're sort of angled. But he's got like no chin, but yet like like horse teeth. He's just he just. Is miscast. Yeah,
0: very miscast. He's
2: miscast, and it's like I get it that his dad was Donovan. Number one, let me clear up one thing real quick. Donovan's best song is not Mellow Yellow; it's Hurdy Gurdy Man. That's, yes, that's his I'm best with song. You there, Season of the Witch is fucking badass too. His version of that is pretty cool. Yeah, used at the end of uh, To Die For. Yeah, um, but uh, Hurdy Gurdy Man—that's a fucking badass, like psychedelic song. Very, very cool. But, um, but no, so I get it. Like. Sometimes directors try to get crafty and they're like, well, growing up like the son of somebody famous, like maybe he's got something that he can add to this role sure. because there's issues of fathers and wanting to kill your father and this. But I mean, it's like, yeah, that's great. Use that. But it'd be great to know that he had some acting skill prior to that or that, like you said, th- th- the fact that you mentioned facial expression like th- that should seem like acting 101. Yeah. But. That there's there's just i mean Brad Pitt is trying a lot in this he's f- failing a lot sure but but Donovan's face doesn't even do anything no. i don't know if it can do he's anything
0: it's like a, he's like a cartoon where you know they it, like an like a like a low budget cartoon where they just don't change something cuz it will cost money to actually animate it right so there's like this a static thing He's like the old Johnny quest where they put the real, the real mouth over just drawings.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Or like if, if they, you know, wanted to feature him on the Simpsons, they're like, just, just draw him, just make him yellow. He looks
0: like a real life (laughs) Simpson guy. He He does. does.
2: Oh my God. And, uh, and he's not great. He really isn't. And, but, but let's, let's jump. I mean, you, I mean, it's, we can't contain our excitement anymore. Let's talk about Brad Pitt in this yeah. movie. So Brad Pitt, a couple of things to notice. He, I mean, he's still pretty, but it's funny to think that like, he still, I think had to maybe grow into his looks a little bit. He still looks like a beautiful young man here, yeah. but he's not, he's still pretty boyish in the face. Yeah. His voice is like fucking helium. <laughs> like absolute. <laughs> it it's really high. Um he does that one thing. He still does it every now and then and I don't know if it's a Missouri thing which is where he's from uh-huh. but he'll take a like a straight s sound and add like an sh to it. Like okay. it's like um like if you say like that's so cool like shh, it's it's okay. just a slight sh. Yeah. Um but he uh he is he is making some horrible decisions left and right. But it's the kind of stuff that could be reined in by a director, because what he does have, he does have a screen presence. He does have charisma. He is a good looking guy. So you can, like you said, you can see the beginnings there. He does a lot of finger pointing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He likes to he likes to like uh, I'm talking to you and I'm pointing at you. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did that a lot early still, too. Oh, yeah. Now, 12 monkeys, is, his fingers are all over that thing. Right. And he's like, he's not quite, he hasn't picked up his fidgety stage yet. Yeah. But he does do a lot of, well, let me just say this. When you're a young actor and you're a fan of James Dean, you get sucked into the wrong stuff. <laughs> and what you do is you'll watch these documentaries about James Dean and you'll see people sort of praising His scene stealing. So he would be in a scene with Rock Hudson and uh, Elizabeth Taylor, and he's in the back there, like working a lasso, like working on, you know, being good with a lasso for weeks. And then here he is in the background. He's fucking around with that lasso and he's stealing the goddamn scene. Yeah. Uh, And what he's doing is cool, but it is scene stealing. I have done some of this before myself, Uh, so (laughs) my apologies. My my apologies if you've ever had to bear witness to it. But um, witness, my God. But but let me just say that this is the pitfalls of a young actor where you think I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do the same stuff and it's going to be revered in the same way. Yeah. Um. So he does a lot of like unnatural reactions he does a lot of like i'm not just gonna stand here like i'm gonna hop up on the back of this car yep. you know it's it's a lot of like big motions and in stark contrast look at johnny depp in nightmare on elm street yeah. i'm not saying he's doing a master class but he, you believe that he's he's just being Glenn. Right. He's staying in his lane. He's the boyfriend. Sometimes he gets a little pervy with his girlfriend. He's trying. He's a teenage boy. And but when he listens to her, when he talks to her, especially that great scene when they're on the bridge yeah. and she's telling him about the uh, the booby traps and stuff like that, and they're eating, like he's just kind of talking to her the way that a teenage boy talks to his girlfriend, which yeah. is maybe kind of seventy five percent listening. But he's not the captain of the basketball team, you know. <laughs> well, I guess I mean, they're so. Very
0: different. You're supposed to be the jock, high
2: Um, but but you're no good. Good point. They are different roles, but I think that. <sighs> I don't know if Brad Pitt is a natural actor. I think he's a natural performer. Yeah. I don't know if he's as natural of an actor as some people that were just born to do it. Yeah. But like I've always said, that man gets my award every fucking year for for, and will always for most improved actor. Like as he goes, he gets better. Yeah. He also ages wonderfully. (laughs) Oh, my God. That that fucking scene on top of uh, Once on Upon house? a Time and How, yeah, yeah just, how does a 50-year-old man does not deserve to look like that? No. Holy God. But he I works will, hard at it, I'm sure. I will say this. He's overacting his balls off, but somebody's got to do something. Yeah, I will
0: say at least, I mean, that's probably why he's the biggest guy to come out of this movie, because at least he's trying some things.
2: Now speaking of guys to come out of this movie, uh-huh. You, rec- you you recognize somebody though? Yeah. Um the gym teacher? Yes, our buddy from um Prince of Darkness.
0: Oh, that's right. He's in Prince of Darkness. I was thinking Brooklyn 99. Yeah.
2: Oh yes. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yep. Dude. <laughs> oh, my mind just got fucking blown right there. Holy shit, that's yeah. him. I can't remember.
0: He's one of the dumb cops, the he old dumb cops. He finally found remember. the
2: role that he's perfect for. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so great. And I love that show. Yeah. It's one of the few network shows that I actually follow. That's why I thought you would be all over that. Holy. I never even put it together, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so great. He is, um, but yet falls victim to the script and is pervy in his own way oh at some God. point. But it, that we'll, we'll get to.
0: Well, he's that. at least not as forward as the other ones. Like his almost seem like I, I have to do this. Like, yeah. that's kind of a thing all the teachers do. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> like, it is almost fired. like a gland, like a, like a, and then uh, uh, all right. Okay. Anyway, back to what I was doing.
2: You know, the ironic thing about everything that we're talking about with this sort of perviness for anybody that hasn't seen the movie is you have to strain. You're going to get a migraine from trying to see some breasts in this movie. Yeah. Like they're there, but Oh God, do they do like that's one, the, the one shot of just like here, here they are. Right. And then, but the rest of it, it's like the rest of the editing in this movie is garbage. They should have won an Oscar for like trying to cover up a full on breast <laughs> shot in the bathroom later on in the movie. But, um, but here, yeah. So that's, what's I mean, really strange. You introduce
0: kind of a, I hate to use the word slutty, but it was the eighties. Kind of a slutty character, and you never
2: see her new. No. And I like I liked her. I liked her. And she was great. She I liked her She's acting. like a loser
0: Jessica Chastain.
2: I liked her face. Like she had yeah. like big teeth and like just big features and and she had a nice green presence. I wish there was more of her. Yeah. Um remind me to talk about some really bad acting uh later on with her, <laughs> later on. It, not not her fault. It was a blocking thing. Okay. But um but let me just say though and i'm going to say this without adding to any perviness this is actually a very nice thing to say so without being overt with the visual sexuality we see a lot of the the perviness from the the uh, teachers but we don't see a lot of gratuitous nudity yeah but by restraining ourselves there we find ourselves um i think in a healthy way um more titillated by what we do see. And the most of what we do see is like a bent over white cotton panties shot. Yeah. Which now that we've had ourselves dialed back, we've had our libidos put in check like that. If we're just judging, like, I mean, it's not, you don't have to be afraid of sexiness. Like it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of in that moment. Like, That's pretty nice. Like, I mean, as far as like if we're if there's going to be a sexy shot, sure. It's it's tasteful. It is I mean, I guess it's gratuitous. Yeah, it's the context of it though. It's not sexy at all. That part, the context, no. Yeah. The visual image is is Yeah, if
0: it were just a static photo, I'd be like, Oh, I bet that's from a fun sex movie.
2: But yeah, I only wish it wasn't yeah, somebody. No, that, Roddy
0: McDowell's beating off behind a fucking coat rack, <laughs> right? Yeah, living up to his he name. Gives her, yeah. Oh, with the cheerleading outfit. Yeah, right?
2: yeah, and yeah, the whole thing feels. I guess. I guess it, 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 what makes it all the much worse is that she is such a sweetheart. Like she is, she is a, just a good girl. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um, and she tries her best to like she's oblivious to it. Yeah. Um, until the end, when she finally recognizes when she finally stands up to a man, it's in such a bizarre uh a usage of dialogue but we we'll, we'll get to that part um so one thing that's funny about these these movies is um gym class yeah. Now we know what gym class meant for us, and probably meant for everybody else. In Hollywood, it means that every piece of modern gymnastics <laughs> is pulled out into a gymnasium. Right. It's like somebody. It's like the translation is: Well, they're having gym. We must yeah, need. They're just training for an obstacle course. Yeah. all the time. And there actually isn't a class. It's just let's pull all this out and just fuck around, <laughs> right? Like, what's even happening here? What, do I, what should I be doing? I climb the rope. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, it was like when I got hired at old Navy and I, I showed up for work the first day and literally nobody told me what to do. And I'm like, what, what do I do like this? I, it was so just anxiety inducing. Like, I guess I'll just fold, like, I'm really bad at folding sweaters, but I'll try. It's very strange. Weirdest job ever. But, um, we get some really, really like if you want to watch this movie, I, I mentioned this earlier. If you if you've watched it, you've been through what we've been through, <laughs> which is realizing it sucks. Yeah. Um, there is some fun fashion here. The the giant earrings that are like should be in a museum somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, the giant belts, um, you know, some really bad hair. Um it just Brad Pitt for being like the cool guy. Now don't get me wrong, I'm I'm still old enough to remember that what he's wearing would have been attractive as like the rich preppy kid. Yeah. You know, so that's fine, but God dang, it's a beautiful time capsule for that time. Yeah. I mean it it looks like eighty nine. Um now here's a question for you personally. <laughs> I wrote this I haven't down. checked
0: out Tim. I'm here. Let's go. What okay
2: here we go. Have you ever seen a picture of you and your mother and just lovingly stroked the frame. <laughs> I can't say that I have and I love my mother. Um but no, I've never Even when your dad's only been gone for less than 24 hours, your mom has been like away from you for less than 24 hours. Um strange things happen. That's I think we're kind of knocking on the door of it, but sometimes We've talked about this before in regards to auditions. When people who go through life, because they're humans, every single day, they're in their uh, 40s, 50s, 60s. So they know what life is, but you put them on a stage and put a script in their hand and they do things that nobody would ever, ever do. Yeah. There's a lot of that in this movie. Just strange. Like, I feel like I have to be doing something. Yeah. So I'm going to do something that's completely unnatural, like stroke this picture (laughs) of my father and I. (laughs) Very weird. Um, so I have, uh, <laughs> yeah. Why did Brad Pitt dress up in that suit? And I wrote, well, because uh, the- then it cut to school the next day. Well, the real question is, why does he know so much about her dad's dick? Like that's, that's the real question. Oh yeah, that's right. He does make a he, joke about, he puts on her suit in a weird sort of proto scene to, um, Thelma and Louise, it kind of reminded no. me of when he's in like the hotel room and he's got like the hairdryer yeah. and he's just sort of like, like, look at me. Like, I'm going to like play act a little bit here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it was just like, we got to get this kid in a suit. Like, we've got to get him in every outfit that we can. All right. Um. But uh, he and, and including in all those outfits, we get the quintessential James Dean red jacket. That yeah. has to happen. Um, and then I, I wrote what I thought was the first uh, incarnation of. I wrote Creepo teacher, um, but then that just kept yeah going. Is that the art teacher? Yeah. Okay. But we do get so there's yet more cameos to come. Our favorite, slightly bitchy, but kind of likable because it's part of her charm. Nurse from The Exorcist 3 plays the assistant principal. Oh, really? The one that's being like questioned by um, George C. Scott. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's this actress, okay. and she is always there with her strong uh, uh, East Coast accent. Uh-huh. Always, uh, never suffering fools. Yeah. And uh, she's the assistant principal, and fits that pretty well, actually. Yeah. Um. I thought she was
0: fine. Yeah. I mean, like that's the thing. Practice. She wasn't awful, so like I didn't really. <laughs> she didn't really
2: stand out. <laughs> right. And and she you know she gets her kill is ridiculous. Thank you for for putting uh, it that way. You about you the literally logic of what's going t- on here. Took the word like I wrote uh, in that kill directly. I wrote is this uh, Xerox kill supposed to be scary or hot? <laughs> um because well, yeah. This is another one that was in the trailer
0: and yeah. I'm like hilarious cuz yeah, it's a woman getting strangled yet it's just like Kicking out pictures of her goofy, strangled face. That could be funny in the right movie that's had stuff like that in it. But this is only our second kill. It's like an hour in. The first one is the art teacher gets thrown in like the giant walk in kiln. Yeah. And then absolutely
2: toasted, but no one knows what happens to him.
0: The police would fucking reek. Reek.
2: Yes. Um, but anyway. Uh, That one's fine. But uh, kudos to using the word kiln. That's nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And but yeah, not only is the the photocopier kill. I don't understand how it worked because it's not like he smashes her face in like and breaks the glass. Right. So no, no glass cuts her. Uh, It's not like she gets fried by the electricity of it. It is really her face just kind of gets pressed on it and starts bleeding.
2: Yeah. She dies from having her f- pressure applied to her face on the surface of a Xerox machine while sort of licking and lapping it up. That's right. why that's what she died from. Yeah. <laughs> and you might say, well, that wouldn't kill you. Well, that's but a- also, yeah, You're right. This copy machine is not in
0: like a conventional area where the copy machine would be. It's in this weird like storage kind of shed. Thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's just in the middle of the shed. Like it's not up against a wall. No. Like where you would normally put a fucking copier. It is in the middle of the room.
2: Were there ever copy machines that didn't have the top? Yeah, they had no lid because yeah, had they were no like, You we can't right. how
0: do we how do we do that kill then? Because yes, you would put the paper down and then close, close the, the lid. lid. Right. Um, or but else th- you just get black border around, and then that eats up your toner, and it's it's expensive, right? That's why the lid exists, <laughs> right? To block light. I knew that, but <laughs>
2: well, but but no. But the point is, though, is that there almost is that we're almost given the impression that like the way that her face is on it, that like the Xerox was sort of melting her face. Oh, was that what that was? I think be? so. Oh, I think so. Which I I, I mean, it's bright. Yeah, very bright. Yeah, if anything, she just kind of got blinded. Yeah. Um. So, the uh, the thing is, um, w- let's get to. I'm gonna I'm gonna say one thing, and then we'll get to a really major flaw with this movie. But th- I'm gonna say a positive thing <laughs> we haven't first. Hit the major flaws <laughs> yet. Here's a positive thing. There's a water cooler with a glass uh, bottle on it. Yeah. That that's I like that. Yeah. Sure. Um, we didn't really have big plastic bottles no. in the 80s. And, and uh, I just like a big glass vessel like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so moving on here, I, I wrote here, and this is just, a, a you could almost consider it a, a, a metaphor or foreshadowing for what everything that was uh, to follow. It says, how did Donovan know they were going to the school? This is a huge, massive, massive, massive glaring problem with this movie, which is he seems to know everywhere that everybody is going to be. Yeah. And he picks shitty hiding places (laughs) like to where like if you were if you were going to hide behind something, speaking of the glass water cooler, why would it be a see through (laughs) glass water cooler? Like you are awful. And um, but but the thing is, is that you'll have scenes where he's in a room, and okay, so they're not seeing him. His hiding place is working great. Then somebody will impulsively leave that room to go do something impulsive and crazy, and yeah. go into another room, and then there's fucking Donovan in that room. <laughs> it it just yes. doesn't make any sense, and it's at this point. When you start questioning reality, because it's at this point in the film that I have never known a film that whether you started it at the beginning or you've been watching it for a week, still has 40 minutes left to go (laughs) at all times. This movie has 40 minutes left to go. And it's and it's specifically like just evil because you're waiting for that hour. You're like, at least if I'm at an hour. Right. But it just catches you at 50 minutes, and you know you've got a full 40 left to go, and it lasts forever. You literally, because this movie is so discombobulated with time, I'm not saying it's the first movie to fuck up this way, but we certainly get some situations where you're like, oh, it's nighttime now, I guess. Right. Like, we were just in school, but then they walked outside, and now it's the basketball game. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of that is really disorienting. To the point that at the end of the movie, I literally said out loud, I, I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> and then I had to ask myself if this is the biggest technological achievement of any film of all time. Because I literally had no idea what end was up or what mattered anymore. It was yeah, to that- put
0: eraser head on to ground yourself a little bit. <laughs> right. Like oh finally, yeah, some right, realism. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just a laugh riot, just a little lark, you know, just, God, loosen up a little bit. Um, The whole, Brad Pitt's whole thing
0: with his, with the basketball scholarship, that is not a through line in the movie at all. It's like, all of a sudden, his dad is there, yeah, and he's got a scout with him, and he's like, do good in the game tonight, and the scout is like, my boys are usually practicing before, you know, early in the morning. It looks like your son's practicing something else. I'm like, well, it's like at night. Yeah. And he's in yeah. a car with his girlfriend,
2: right? The game hasn't started. The
0: game has not started. They don't let you go. You don't have a practice right, right before the game. You're going to be tired. Right. Um,
2: so yeah. that was Gene Hackman Whatever. isn't in there with a tape measure, like telling the boys that, you know, the, the rim is the same height as it is back in their home gym. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry that that isn't happening.
0: Um, um. But yeah. So it's like they just are like, we don't know what this guy would say. So say something like that. You're disappointed. You know, yeah. it just seems like these basic, uh, you know, you're like here and you're like, do you have a problem with the kid? I don't know. Come up with something. And that's like all I could come up with. Um, and then
2: give re- Brad Pitt reason to okay, like it. It was a different time when Judd Nelson said the line in Breakfast Club with what's conceived as I in the dialect world we call it a a v a or a a v something it's it's african-american vernacular right so there actually is i mean it's it's in the the accent world you can go to accent coaches and dialect coaches and it's even I, i i i i i'm just talking about basic facts of acting here there are even black actors that have to study that in order to have the certain dialect of a certain area yeah um and so when judd nelson takes on that accent to say the scholarship line in Breakfast Club—that's one thing. But then to do a movie, what four years later? Oh, wait, was he quoting? Yes, Club? yeah, the scholarship. Oh, God, yes, yeah. yes, dude, he ripped a line from a movie that was just like four and a half years well, old. Well, they
0: also ripped the whole the cheerleader one. The uh, the hot cheerleader is like, I'm not gonna wear underwear. Like that's from Hollywood Nights. Like that—that that yeah. was a bit. So, uh, which is a Porky's ish type movie, and I'm now, now I'm like, fuck, like even that is not a. I love that movie, but it's not a great movie by any sense. The editing in that movie's atrocious. I don't, right? You've never Have you ever seen it, Hollywood Nights? No. Okay. Uh, it's like. It's got Tony Danza in it and Michelle Pfeiffer, oh, very I love Tony young, Danza. yeah, very young Michelle Pfeiffer and Tony Danza, uh, Robert Wall, Arliss. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, 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 He was the star of that movie. Fran Drescher, an uh, early Fran Drescher. Oh, I gotta Look see this it. movie. Hot as fuck in that movie. Um, but yeah, there's a whole scene in that, but that is a very Porky's movie, and I was just like, like even that like not great movie was able to at least fake their way through and give me a competent
2: porkies type movie. Sure. That actress that you're talking about that takes off her underwear when she bends over her and it's nothing against her. She's just very pale skinned. So when we see her ass, it's like the white screen of death on your phone. Like, it's just like, I can't make anything out. Like it's just all white. Um, but I mean, they're trying, I guess that's, that's, you know, all we're going to get, but, um, But to to, kind of circle back around and add into more of the confusion, I mentioned this earlier. I wrote – this is the sentence that I wrote. I wrote, wait, exclamation point. Martin Mull drives off to the country to hunt, but the school takes a walking field trip (laughs) and steps on him. So how the fuck – Did anybody not catch that? This man got in his car and he drove to the country enough to be encountered by a local who said, you smell like the city. And then the class was outside taking a field trip and stepped on him. Great point. How in the fuck? Great
0: point. So proud of you. It's so weird. Oh yeah. This is, I I was, was, yeah, I was so like, there's so much. It's hard to pick up on all the inconsistencies. I I was letting the hate flow through me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I really was my favorite. Uh, what the fuck? Inconsistent moment in this movie kind of comes at our big twist reveal, right? Because um, yes, we we think that Brad Pitt's the killer. So uh, what you know? What's what's the, our actress? What's our character? Jill, Paula, Jill, Jill, uh, the
2: main girl. Yeah, Paula. It's Paula. No, Jill.
0: No, Brian. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> Jill and Dwight. Correct. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so Jill is running from Dwight, um, and then she runs into a teacher. We kind of were joking about this beforehand because it <laughs> is—it's our fourth—it's the fourth teacher in the movie. Well, I guess w- with the principal. So you've got the principal, vice principal, the art teacher, the gym teacher, and like this math teacher. Yeah. Um, so she runs into the math teacher, and he—he's kind of giving the vibe where you're like, oh she's not in a safe, maybe she's not in a safe situation because you don't know who the killer is. Right. And so there is kind of this, I feel like the movie's trying to be like, maybe this teacher is, but, I've seen the teachers in this school. I am not worried about the teacher killing her. No, I'm worried about the teacher asking her to pick an
2: eraser up. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That same teacher who says the line that you're looking for is, what's a pretty girl like you doing in a dangerous place like this? Um, In school. In school. But yet when he was in the classroom and like sent a couple of kids down the hall for talking, he's like, go down and talk to Mrs. Good. <laughs> like he almost starts crying when he says the assistant principal's name. Now, let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. Maybe it's just. Well, I haven't
0: got to my bit yet, but go ahead. Oh, ask, no. Yeah. So yeah ask no. Me let me well, just add real remember. quick.
2: That assistant principal, the girl from the lady from uh, Exorcist three. Yeah. Is it just my pervy tendencies or was she getting a little weird with Donovan there? Uh, oh god I don't remember because it was something about putting like 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 we're going to put our something into you or whatever like it almost seemed like it was getting oh man maybe that's just me I don't but remember it was, yeah uh, yeah it's probably just trauma from all the other teachers but go ahead with your uh, point
0: so anyway so the teacher's like I'll help you you know and she's trying to explain like I know who the killer is it's Dwight or blah 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 and they go into a classroom and there's like now a cryptic message on the board. And it's like, I mean, kudos to him. It's like kind of this early Saw kind of thing where it's like the serial killer has put a puzzle up. You have to solve the puzzle in order to survive. So it's like here. Yeah. And it's just a basic. It's a two trains are you know leaving Chicago and Boston. But, Tim, you are not wrong because all <laughs> the problem is, is. Because I did go back, I'm like, do, does is the first one do they give the right answer? They do. They actually did figure Oh, okay. we were able to divide four hundred by uh whatever. Uh and uh five or whatever it was. Yeah. Um but you know, yeah, no, this problem is just like a train leaves Chicago, a train leaves Boston, what time will they collide? And it's like, Well, you've not provided me with the distance they are apart. There might be the distance they are apart. Yeah. Um, the speed, but they do not provide you with the speed of the trains at all. So, but then anyway, the board is like, pick, you know, if it's this time, pick door. A. So now we're like, cause I can't remember how we got, they go in the door and close it behind them. Right. Correct. Okay. Again, mind you, they're just in a classroom. And so the two doors they have to pick from are on the same side. It's like when you're in like a lab, like a lab room will normally have, Two doorways in, from that hallway entrance. Yes. For your larger classrooms. Um, so anyway, so the the big thing is like, you have to figure out this problem. If you think it's answer X, use door number one. And if you think it's answer Y, use door number two. And so the math teacher is like figuring it out. And he's like, yes, I figured it out. It's door number one. How easy. And he goes over. I mean, says the line to where it just in any movie where he's like see there's it's fine like that you know someone's dying. Oh then. sure. But yeah, Donovan steps around, big reveal, he's the killer, hatchets him in the face, right? Then they, so now they have like Donovan and Jill have this confrontation still in the classroom. Yes, still in the classroom. The classroom with the two doors. Yes. And Donovan, you know, Donovan's like, actually, I am crazy, and I can't believe you guys didn't know it. And I'm gonna kill everyone, or whatever the fuck he says. Yeah. And then he's about to attack Jill, and Brad Pitt shows up to save the day. Does he use the open door that uh, Brian came in? No, because the filmmakers think you're a fucking idiot, and so they have it because it looks cool and it's a dramatic moment. He hatchets the other door open with an ax. It's like you. And then in just a hilarious bit, he's like smashing it and kicking it and then like opens it.
2: Yeah, right. Like exactly. Does nothing
0: to the actual handle, but then is just able to open it and pull her. I'm like, I know as a someone who's not a baby. Right. And knows what like object <laughs> permanence is. Yes. Like I know there are how that hallway works in a physical space. Well, that's, there was no need to fucking take an
2: axe to the door. But it, yes, but even that is a huge point. <laughs> but even more so, there's so much struggle with the math teacher being like, "I can't concentrate." Like, oh, I mean, they make so it, long. but the thing is, we're talking, please, listeners, picture this. A, a wall, one wall Facing the same direction because it's a wall, right? And there's two doors that are probably 15 feet between each other. So why are you struggling so much out of which one you go out of where if you go out of the wrong one, maybe he's right there. But if you go out of the other one, he's just 10, 15 feet away. (laughs) Exactly. So what's the difference? Or I just
0: came in one. I know it's not booby-trapped.
2: Right. Or what they should have had was like a door on one end of the room and then the opposite end of the room. That would make sense. But when you're talking about two doors, like, my God, our life depends on picking the right one. Because if we pick the right one, we're going to turn and look and see the killer just 10 feet from us at the other door. Yeah. And there's no way that he could get to us then. It's ridiculous. It is... It's crazy um, that adults were involved in the making of this film. Um, But God, I didn't even think about him axing his way. Into Well, yeah, axing and then eventually just letting himself into a door. See,
0: a good comedy would point out the
2: other door was already open. Right. She would make some comment
0: about that was a little unnecessary or something like that. Like
2: earlier in the movie, there was like a scene with like, I mean, maybe it was a a lab or science or whatever. We see some mice running around on the ground like you would cut. The camera would cut to that other door and then just mice coming in and out of the open door (laughs) while he's hacking away with an axe at the other one like that
0: would have been a bit or you know make it to where the girl is like this is why is this here like this is dumb why are we even figuring out that?" but the teacher's taking it super seriously you know like that would be really funny
2: yeah where she's
0: just like I don't think this is really important like we can just go like if they just called out the obvious shit instead of trying to hide it or whatever or ignore it or just I be oblivious More ignore it. to it yeah if they
2: called it out god damn it could have been it yes. could have been really good yes and and now i don't i don't want to i don't mean to backtrack but one thing that you brought up because you've mentioned the trailer a couple of times is that you were really excited about there being a bleacher kill where somebody is in the bleachers at the basketball game and somebody getting, like, sucked back through the bleachers. Yeah,
0: at a big, exciting moment. Yeah, I'm like, that's kind of a cool idea.
2: So that was our um, white screen of death-ass, you know, kind of (laughs) good-looking cheerleader. Yeah, and she's pulled through there, and we get a really clunky kill down there because, again, it goes back to the a normal person would be like they'd see their boyfriend he gets his his throat slit which yeah. some with some pretty sloppy blood work oh there it's we get we at least get some blood we're just happy to see that <laughs> right. but then she's just screaming and not doing anything and in the in the camera cuts that we're seeing we're under the impression that her boyfriend is still in the arms of the killer, but her hand is reaching out through the bleachers so as to call for help. But then it's doing that like, like wave, like she's in a Jaws movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like slowly. And this is that goes back to the shit that actors think looks cool. Right. But a director would be like, why are you doing that? Right. You You would just like he doesn't even have a hold of you yet. What are are you do you have a question? Like why are you why is your hand up? Like yeah. you know, but um but yeah, so there's there's the silliness abounds. But ironically, as more silliness comes from the things that we're talking about, the movie does find a way to pick up its pace somehow. Um like you talked about like not hating the third act of this. Yeah. Um so well there are some Listen, of- I said <laughs> I said I worship. It was the best
0: act. I don't remember how I worded it. Yeah. I, at some point towards the end, I was like, all right, like this stretch I'm kind of enjoying. And that was even during the, the, the math problem. See, like, yeah. Uh, you know, I was like, at least something interesting's going on. It seems like there is some tension. There are some stakes.
2: And, and you mentioned that the movie very, very, um, uh, ineffectively tries to like push other potential killers on us as we go. Yeah. Like we're not, even, not even that I much. don't I don't even know if we need it that much, but like they keep trying to make the janitor weirder and weirder and weirder. Yeah. Like at first we think he's gonna be maybe like a little endearing. Like this is the guy that we can kind of like like the fun, nice janitor, yeah. you know, wisecracking or whatever. But he just gets weirder and weirder. They try to paint him as like some sort of shell-shocked Vietnam vet, like, uh, you know, uh, pothead, whatever. And here's the thing, though, with this janitor and this movie. It's not fair to good film yeah, to say that one line could save an entire movie. But when you have a janitor say, God, I am the custodian of your fucking destiny, (laughs) that is almost enough to do it. I am the custodian of your fucking destiny. Wow. That is that's taking that like the uh, the sort of philosophical janitor of breakfast club and just taking it to a really, really unnecessary level. Yeah. Um, that does Again, not. And that's what this felt Breakfast like.
0: Club. It felt like they were like, "Oh, what if we had like a like the janitor from Breakfast Club?" And then that's what they told the guy, "Just be like, you like the janitor from Breakfast Club? Like, you're a little too serious about your job,
2: right?" And he was like, "Oh, okay." Now, then we get to one of the, if believe it or not, one of the most bizarre sequences of this film. No. Oh. So there has been the Xerox kill. After the Xerox kill of the assistant principal, Brad Pitt yells that he points at Donovan, like he points at many folks, that he's the killer. Right. Cut to a scene of the entire police force. (laughs) The chopper. Pouring out the chopper. and They have a police chopper out, and the voice is literally saying, like, Brian Woods... (laughs) <laughs> Brian Woods you down there like literally like they wouldn't say it like that like, no. there's just no way but but so the question is two things number one have they only like just caught on to him being the killer and it's taken this long no. that he's been no I think it's just Brad Pitt or said he was Brad the killer. Pitt said it they heard it <laughs> right. 15 miles away at the police station and we're there in two minutes with the chopper Brian Woods, you down there? Um, he does run away.
0: Seems pretty guilty. It is, yes. Oh, that that scene is also, we get a very odd, for no reason, uh, Roddy McDowell dressed uh, in the uh, fucking Carmen Miranda banana hat thing
2: this is haven't i talked before about sometimes you're having a little too much fun at rehearsal and an inexperienced director is like oh that's funny let's just keep it in <laughs> right and it's like no we're <laughs> we're having fun but come on like no uh, but he said yes to everything yeah and we get him and and i, and I thought is that supposed
0: to be implying something well, about rodney mcdowell's I character was,
2: i'm trying to give them because i know he likes young girl poon right I'm trying to give the movie a little bit of credit. It was he was wearing a, like a uh, a wig from like, a, I don't know what that would be, Elizabethan times or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But he's also got this sort of like headdress on of bananas. And I'm like, maybe they're doing a Planet of the Apes thing with the bananas. But oh. I don't that's that's me trying to help him out yeah. a little too much. Oh, man. Um, but I was trying. Yeah. I was really trying. Um, But yeah, so things get really, really crazy. Then if you want even more craziness after the cops, we cut to a scene of like a like a some like, a, like a, a school gathering, like a PTA meeting. And all the teachers have pictures, copies of the Xerox death. Oh, and they're like, when did those get passed out? Right. How did they Aren't get those evidence? Yes. It's a crime <laughs> scene with like. Like a, a detective's dream laying all over the floor, like pictures of the crime, but somehow put it in the parents' hands. And they're yelling at the, at the principal, and really nothing comes of that scene, which is really strange. No, um, But this I wrote down a, a, something at this moment where I said, um, the worst part is, is that this movie thinks that it's cool. Like, if this was all like a little bit more of what you said, a little cheeky, little wink, wink or yeah. whatever, they can be in on the joke. They are not in on any of these jokes. And it and they are thinking that it's creepy, that it's spooky, that it's cool. <laughs> right. And it is just failing to probably what amounts to the closest thing to comedy that has happened in this movie, <laughs> but just inadvertently. There, there is a part
0: where during the final fight, Where Brian has like a grinder or something, right? And he like (laughs) throws it at Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt catches it. And then, and he turns and then we like, they they show like a POV, right? Of the room. yeah. And it took me a minute to figure out what they were doing. I was like, wait, where are they showing us the room? And then Brad Pitt's like, where'd he go? And I'm like, oh, oh, are they implying that? He tossed him this grinder and vanished. Because yeah. it's not like it was in, you know, it's not like he was fell into something and his view was obstructed, and then got up and was like, "Where the fuck is he?" No, it was seriously like if I were to like toss you a beer and then I blipped out of existence. Yeah, <laughs> they're that close to each other.
2: Well, yes, and and, and I mean, it's and just... then he's looking around the room.
0: Where is he? And then he like it's latched on the neck. He's just like next to him right and and, <laughs> and there's another person also looking like it's not like well it's cuz he was turned around he didn't see him
2: and they've just been using hardcore power tools for the last 10 minutes and then he picked something completely non-powered <laughs> like big to like t- just tires. grab him it is fucking bonkers one other thing that's bonkers now this isn't the movie's fault but being that it's youtube the closed captioning is just all over the fucking place.
0: Oh I did I didn't even attempt it
2: there was one scene where <laughs> Brad Pitt is like, OK, so apparently in this school, if you're failing, you can just like make up shit to do to be like, I got to get my grades up. So he's just on stage reading Shakespeare with a drummer
1: right? because yes. he's
2: because he's got to get his grades somehow. Literally is what he says. However, that is. We don't know. But so he's reading a little bit of Hamlet. Well, then, like he goes off stage. Man, any specific part of Hamlet? Yeah, just to be or not to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go figure. And then, of course, Donovan is there, like he always is. And then, when Brad Pitt leaves, Donovan's line is like, um, "It, it is the actual line is to be or not to be, eat meat, Dwight. Like, kind of (laughs) like, fuck you, whatever." The closed captioning is to be or not to be, eat meat, white, eat (laughs) eat eat meat, white. <laughs> which I'm like, wow, that's profound. But um, yeah, it was very strange. But um, that's just
0: using. It's just listening and spitting out what it thinks it's saying.
2: Now I have a whole nother thing to go into real quick about this movie. I got I got to pee one more time about it's trying to hit some sentimental moments, which just land horribly and yeah. they don't land at all. But before, but just to leave you with something. Um. Do you have anything to discuss about this? While well, I have to pee real quick, I've been holding it for ten minutes. How about the sentimental moments. Yeah. Just did. Did any of that work for you? Did well. Let me ask you this: If we're talking about a movie that's supposed to be a relationship between these two guys, a previous relationship yes, between they were these two friends. characters. Yeah. Right. Do you feel like that was
0: properly articulated? Uh, no, not at all. Because yeah, he just seems like a weird guy. No one knows when he shows up. And then, yeah, later uh, they're working on Brad Pitt's car in shop class, which which just seems like Brad Pitt brought it in for a tune-up. Like, it's not like... Uh, you know, Normally, if you're in a shop class, there is a car there that the school provides for you as a learning instrument to, to learn about the car. But no, it's just like Brad Pitt brings his car in to the class and... Uh, Donovan's under it and he's like, yeah, like like he's giving him just like, yeah, uh, you know, your brakes need a tune up on this. And then through that conversation, because he's like, I don't want you working on my car without me looking at you doing it. And through that, we learned that at some point, uh, basketball superstar Dwight has taught Brian everything he knows about like mechanic like mechanical how things work righty-tighty lefty lucy was the big the big thing which is i mean yeah that's an actual saying uh, but we're gonna try saying. to make
2: a sentimental scene out of that yeah
0: they have like a good like oh man i can't believe you remembered that like the most basic like the first thing you learn when you get a screwdriver well here's <laughs> Righty tighty,
2: lefty lucy let me let me tell you a really quick story that's very bizarre but like s- fits that mood One time I was over at this apartment and I was getting high and I, we were watching blood sucking freaks and I knew that I had to go to lunch with my mom. And so I was a little worried about it, but I'm like, I'll drink some coffee. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I'll be fine. So we go out to dinner and I'm still just blazed (laughs) and I was like, you know, I've got to have something to talk about. So I like started talking about this movie scene and I'm like, I'm like, I'm thinking about this movie scene where, you know, there's this like, um, like husband, like a boyfriend and girlfriend, like husband and wife and um the husband has a joke where he says like you know why was six afraid of seven and then it's because seven eight nine um you know and then they that's their kind of joke and then like he dies tragically and then their little boy is on his bicycle one day and he falls and gets hurt and his mom rushes over and things have been so hard since her her husband died and you know she sees her son and he's bleeding and it's giving her these flashbacks and you know the boy is kind of unconscious for a second and he comes around and she's like tell me are you okay okay say say something to let me know that you are okay and the little boy goes why was six afraid of seven and then she mouths the seven eight nine like my mom started crying oh my god I don't know to this day if she started crying because she was moved by the story or if she was like what the fuck is wrong with my son baby boy (laughs) (laughs) right he has fried his fucking brain um so so here I am watching this movie, and I'm like, are they really making a sentimental scene out of Lefty Lucy Righty Tidy? Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, this movie. Now, to their
0: credit, it actually comes back to play later on when we put Brad Pitt's head in a vice. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that is, you know, he's like, I remember Righty Tidy. Do you want me to go Righty or Lefty?
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, And then... Then finally, as we get into that scene, we finally have our final girl stand up for herself, yeah. herself. But she does it in such a weird-ass way that she actually says the words like, "Stop fucking with my emotions." <laughs> and then pushes him onto like some circular saw or whatever. It is very strange. Yeah, um, after hitting him with a hammer. But then, like, all along, like, while these things are happening, Dwight, the character of Dwight, Brad Pitt's character, is is completely out of control. Like, I'm saying even before this big fight, like, he's crying in a phone booth. He's drinking too much. Like, they're just, it was like he was trying to build an actor's reel. Yeah. Like, just, like, give me a scene of, like, me crying in a phone booth or whatever. (laughs) Like, it's just we don't know who we're supposed to follow because usually you'd want the tortured guy to be like your killer. Yeah. And he's kind of like the strong, like I'm going to save you knight in shining armor. Yeah. But it's like everybody is just falling to pieces except for her. And she's holding it together extremely well. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's just very strange. It's just uh, so dumb too, though, the way,
0: because, you know, it's it all boils down to this Brian just being like, I just like you. Okay. I really like you. And all she has to do is be like, Oh yeah. I like you too. And of course our character then is like, Oh, okay. I guess our whole dynamic has changed here in the arena where we've been trying to kill each other. Right. And yes, she probably does love me. I mean, yeah, I guess you could explain it away that he's crazy, yeah. but to just be like, do you want me to close my eyes? Like, uh, you suck at this, dude. Right. You really suck
2: at this. Yeah, for a guy that said earlier in the movie that his plan is to become, okay, one of the only and i hate to give any credit but one of the only halfway interesting bits of dialogue was when he was confronting her in that classroom and talking about wanting to be such a killer that his murders would sort of like transcend space and time <laughs> right. i could kill people in the past i could kill people in the future it none of it makes sense but it's vaguely interesting yeah um so so there was that but um
0: there's another missed opportunity for comedy too and they are again almost there where she's like just close your eyes. And she like, there's a hammer there. And she's like, I can reach the hammer while his eyes are closed. And then he opens them and she, you know, has to act like she wasn't doing it. If you do that like three more times, yeah. that's hilarious. Yes. To where then it's just stupid shit where then, you know, his eyes are closed. She's reaching and he's just like, what'd you say? And she's like, ah, I didn't yeah. say anything, you know, just for whatever reason, he has to keep opening his eyes because obviously you would not close your eyes in that scenario.
2: Right. Yes. No, you wouldn't. If you wanted to be the world's best killer, you wouldn't. Yeah. However, one thing that we do get out of that, though, it's a pretty fucking gnarly claw, like business end of a hammer yeah. in his skull, buried in his brain. And you're like, Jesus. Yeah, she goes for it. And it's right in like the, um, like, I guess you would the not temple. the temple, but yeah, yeah. it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. That corner of the forehead. And uh, he's still like alive. Like, not to be morbid, but, that, but that's one thing that always fascinates me about kills in movies. When somebody's brain has been penetrated uh-huh. and they're still, like, sort of awake oh, or yeah. alive. <laughs> it's so
0: weird. That's in, uh, you know,
2: the new hotness, Baldur, Baldur's Gate 3 game I'm playing right now. Oh, yeah. That reminds me. I uh, talked with my daughter about that game. She yeah. says you can pick the size and shape of your genitals in you that.
0: You sure can. And you can turn in you can like. You do a, a circumcised or uncircumcised
2: penis. And you can have animals like fuck each other. Or there, there's like a sex scene, an uncensored sex scene that you can do. Uh,
0: Probably. I mean, I there's nothing like hardcore. But yes, you can have. I already have yeah. sexual <laughs> relations with a few of my companions. Right. But anyway, besides that how hot that game yeah. is, how many times I've ripped one out to Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> um, there is a part where you like the whole thing in the game is you have like this parasite in your brain from the mind flayers and you're trying to get it out and this oh. one bard comes to help you but he's just doing it by jamming a, like a needle in your eye. Oh. And then eventually he gets this ice pick and there's a part where like the na- narrator just goes tap Tap, stab. And he's like, and she's just, and she's talking about how this thing is in your brain. Oh. But then, and so there's, you know, all these dialogue options that you get. But then that one is like, one is just like, and one is like, it's like, it's like your brain is just fucking shut down. Yeah. It's so good.
2: Yeah. Didn't, wasn't there a really good brain kill in, um, oh, fuck, what was it? Um, the one. What was the one, the prowler, where it was the knife through the top of the head? Remember that? Yeah. That was where the, the guy with the kind of gas mask, right? Yes. Gets the knife through the top of the head in one of the guys in like one of their dorm rooms or like freaky yeah. awesome hotel dorm rooms. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, that's always like such a creepy thing. So we actually get a halfway decent kill at the end of the movie. Yeah. And then, but you know, the dialogue is all over the place. There's one part at the end where she says so much for my feminine intuition. And I'm like, do you mean, do you mean women's intuition? Like that's the phrase, like that's what people say. They don't say feminine intuition. Um, So the movie is all over the place, but you know, I know that I joked earlier about the fact that it just like basically turns your reality upside down and you never, (laughs) you don't know which end is up, but, the funny thing is, is, and I, I tried to think of how to articulate this for the show, is that even though the movie is just abject failure at every turn, like, it still is a complete experience. It's fucked up. Yeah. And it's all over the place, but it's like it has taken you on a journey. You just don't know where you are. I and mean, I, technically, yes. I mean, it keeps going, and literally when when i joke about the 40 minute thing a it's not a joke because it literally happened i literally kept being like i'd hit that center button on the remote and be like that's impossible it's impossible <laughs> um but but literally with the first time i did it i'm like there's no way that there can be 40 more minutes in this yeah. there's just no way but things are still happening on the screen they're crazy and they make no sense but the it's a full movie yeah and, um, man, oh man, it is, uh, and
0: then there's a little Martin Mull capper at the end, yeah, which is not even really worth talking
2: about. No, it isn't. It really is. I mean, it's a little funny. He that he's says, are you cutting
0: th- class?
2: And she goes, wah, wah. Yeah. And then the and freeze roll frame. Credits. Yeah. Freeze yeah. frame, roll credits. Yeah. She looks cute. Of course. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, it is, um, look, I've said this before on this show. Sometimes you just have to trust your instincts. <laughs> And I've, I've known about this movie. I've known about this movie being a Brad Pitt fan. Yeah. It, which you would think you'd be like, Oh God, I got to see this. But something was just like, we don't have to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't, we do not have to do this. And yet here we are and we did it. And now I know that I should have just trusted those instincts. I this mean, it should
0: be remade.
2: Yeah. Oh remake yeah. This
0: movie. Oh yeah.
2: Get Get some, like, I'm going to scab. I'm going to write this movie. I think you should. Crossing the line. Yeah. And uh, absolutely. I mean, and.
0: Hire some TikTok influencers to be actors in it. They'll do anything for money.
2: Absolutely. Cutting class. And the thing is, is that most people won't even know that it's a remake. Right.
0: <laughs> like, That's the great. Yeah. It'll be yeah. like uh father of the bride where they're like, Oh, what a
2: fun original movie. And it will right. actually be coherent to the point that even if they've seen this movie, they'll be like, this reminds me of the, like <laughs> that other movie called cutting glass. Right. But this one's so much funnier and makes sense. Um, so yeah, it, now I'm going to let you go first on the recommend. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Don't even. No, look, look, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to goof around. I do not recommend this movie. It is, it is, I I believe I use the word atrocious, Yeah, that it is an atrocious film. It is, it is, it is so incompetent that there is nothing positive that you could say about it in, in a conversation about a movie achieving good things. Yeah is it is it a movie that you watch you realize how awful it is and then maybe with a couple of buddies watch it again and laugh at the ridiculousness of it i think there's potential i
0: don't know how you watch this movie more than once look here's we just especially if the first time wasn't because you had to do it because your friend put
2: it on a list (laughs) right now here's the thing there is Like I always say, there are other movies like Evil Dead 2 is funny, is worthy of watching with your buddies 15 times. Sure. This movie is by no means of that caliber. First of all, it's completely unintentional, the humor. But am I sort of glad that I saw it just that I can just so I can speak like in a bar with somebody about how fucking crazy stupid was that movie? Sure. I like it for that. Um, But yeah, I cannot with any good conscience recommend this film. Perfect good how far did we make it we, we went the pretty much the full
0: time ah. yeah i realize i like duncan on a movie all right <laughs> yeah we i can fun. talk about it yeah it's well let's time. find out i Woo. mean <laughs> the next one's got to be good it's got to be yours <laughs> well yeah let's hope let's see roll it here we go we're going to the big tower the dice tower no it's not tim uh please join us next week Oh, man! You've got to be kidding me.
2: No, 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 no. You got to be the
0: thing. kidding me. I, I like know about this movie. I never saw the movie, oh. but I know the ending of this movie. So I'm very curious because I know my reaction to reading about this movie. So I'm very excited for my actual reaction to this movie. Please join us next week as we watch from 2003. The speaking of passing French class. Oh, <laughs> It's high tension or hot tension. Oh, we or did. whatever it was called. We kept it on the list. You kept it. Yeah, you put it on here. Yes. Yeah, I said it was A. canon. You put it on here. It's canon. Yes. Uh, so yeah, next uh, next week, high tension from uh, two thousand three. Please check out our website, SlumberPodcastMassacre dot com. Shoot us an email, SlumberPodcast at gmail dot com. Check out our LinkedIn and our TikTok. A huge thank to our patrons. You help make this show possible. I, I mean, I.
2: I don't want to ask, but do you have anything else to say about Cutting Class? I just said I want to give just a blanket apology for my picks for <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dice tonight. No, I uh, we took a chance, and uh, it was some rough waters, but I'm just glad that we can at least have fun with it, for God's sake. And, yeah. uh, you know, so that that's a testament to the fact that I think that we are movie-proof, that no matter what it is, we've got to see. We'll we'll find a way. Yeah, I got. Yeah, we've we'll always had an opinion for sure. Yeah. So, um, uh, cutting class. Uh, you uh, you're not going to be able to find it. You don't have to watch it. So it works out. Bye. Bye.